0: Welcome to the season three Burnt Out to Badass wrap up. If you haven't listened to any episodes in the season, you're just catching this at the top of the queue. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wiseman, and the Burnt Out to Badass podcast is all about telling your amazing story. I spotlight people who have recovered from burnout and who are living in their best badass life, trying to normalize the conversation around burnout so that people don't feel shame and that they're in the darkness all by themselves because that's what burnout does. That's what depression does. It isolates us. So what we need to do is build community and tell stories and share our experience because it's not perfect, but it's imperfectly marvelous. In today's wrap-up, I'm going to talk a little bit. Just me, solo casting, all by myself. So if, again, this is your first time listening, hear my story, hear the wrap-up, and then go back and start listening to the episodes. I hope that you find a story of your own in somebody else's words. And if you've been hanging with me through the whole time, I just so appreciate you. It's been such a fun project over the last three years, doing Burnt Out to Badass, To display all of these and to continue to promote people who have continued on in their journey and keep waking up and taking the next best step forward. Okay, well, let's get into today's wrap up. I do this close up on season three of Burnt Out to Badass, I am sitting in a really unique spot. I can officially say that I have recovered from my burnout. That was a long part of my life from about 2009 through, oh man, when would I actually put an end date? I don't know that there really is an end date. It's more of a gradient. So I would say I'm very low on the burnout scale now compared to all those years before 2009 especially through about 2014 and it's a really great place to be but it's not that you just get out of burnout and then like poof everything is wonderful and and you're in a place that is going to be rainbows and sunshines for the rest of your life instead and it so amazingly correlates with my practice how my practice has changed really embracing addiction medicine i'm now in a phase of recovery and I will now and forever always been in a phase of recovery. I was recently listening to a book on Audible called The Urge, Our History of Addiction Medicine by Dr. Carl Eric Fisher. And I heard these words and my brain paused and my heart just started to absorb everything he said. And these were the words. There's four of them. Recovery has no endpoint. That's right. Recovery has no endpoint. I will never defeat my work addiction. I will never defeat burnout because this is it. This is my life. This is who I am, be it nature, nurture, bio, physiological systems, uh, <laughs> social determinants of health, all of those things. Even with all those major changes coaching, therapy, medications, life shifts, internal shifts. I will still need recovery. Though it's not the same, I truly believe that having this experience of total and utter interior crisis of burnout, work addiction, and working with others through professional burnout, I can relate to my patients with substance use disorder, depression, anxiety, over drinking in ways that is deeper and more understanding than if I had been truly fulfilled in my career before. It's been so interesting. The words that I say on this podcast and my other podcast, Doctor Me First, and the ones that I speak to my coaching clients, who are typically high achievers, physicians, lawyers, that sort of thing, are actually the exact same ones that I give to my patients in the exam room here in southwestern Indiana. Fall down seven, get up eight. Not your circus, not your monkeys. Enough is a decision. No is a complete sentence. Just because someone doesn't like your boundaries doesn't make them wrong. I'm really proud of you. You are more than the voice in your head. You are more than your past. No one is coming to save you. You get to decide. And I'll hold the hope until you're ready to hold it yourself. Of course, there will be new discoveries, new therapies, new medications, new treatments, all the new things. But the work of recovery after you've gone through something like addiction, burnout any major life-altering crisis, I guess you could say, will still always need to be done. We will still be humans after addiction and burnout. We will still have to make tough decisions. We will still have to continue to determine what we value, what we need in our lives, what we don't want in our lives, and how we can live it out in this one brief breath of time. We will still need to grow and change, not with burnout, but because of these things because they are now an integral part of our story. So I encourage you, share your story. I'd love to hear it at hello at badass. And I just want to remind you, it's not just getting away from the suffering. It's coming through out on the other side and making this portion, the recovery portion, a part of life and normalizing it and really loving and living it up. One thing I really want to do is encourage you to trust yourself. Not in the like toxic positivity arena, but trust yourself in a different way. I know you can trust in yourself to put your nose down, to grind, to push harder, to work longer, to stay up later, to take care of all the things, kids, family, job, and everything else you have to do. But what I mean now in trusting yourself is to trust yourself that you can figure out life and living life in a different way. It doesn't have to be slowly killing you and burnout. You can find a work that feels so amazing, like a fresh drink of water instead of drinking poison every single day. You can trust the ability that you have if things don't go right, that you know how to pivot. You make great decisions. So trust yourself to make those good decisions. And even if you feel like in the past you didn't make great decisions, trust your future self that he or she or they will help you figure this out. Trust yourself to take seemingly crazy steps to reach out in ways you never have before and stretch, but that feels so authentically right to you. Trust yourself and your body, even when it feels like it's betraying you, even when you have to feel all the feels and process all the years of all the things that have built up. Trust yourself that you can do it differently. And even if you screw it all up, then you can trust yourself again. There's no standardized path out there. Hey, sorry to tell you. And everyone seems to be channeling a bunch of bullshit. But those are just all suggestions, things to try. But it's you who gets to take the next step forward. I love the quote that Brene Brown uses that she took from Roosevelt. You know, you are the man standing in the arena. So I'll say this again. There's no one else doing it for you. No one is coming to save you. There are no standardized tests that you can take to make out of this. There's no one course. There's no one method. There's your way. There's my way. There's her way. There's his way. Their way. And yes, we all have similarities to each other, but we are all so vastly different as well. So remember, in these stories that you heard, take what you find is useful, you know, and discard the rest. And that is absolutely okay. You know, the gurus, they have this proven true method. You like it? Good. Go for it. It'll probably go all right. And even if it doesn't, you'll learn something along the way, and that will help you in the future. Another thing I didn't realize that was going to happen as I've entered into recovery is a growing fear of what happens if things get worse. Well, I have to tell you, the middle part of 2022 into 2023, it did happen. I did start to get crispy. Not just around the edges, but creeping closer and closer to my core. I started to have a shame and blame storm on myself like, Aaron freaking Wiseman, you teach this stuff. What the hell? And then I had to give myself some self-compassion and remind myself what I tell everybody else. It's not if it happens, it's when it happens. And so I want to remind you, like again, it's not if burnout happens again or something like this in your life. It's when, and it's planning for that. So I have some tips and tricks that I give over on the Dr. Me First podcast. This podcast, Burnt Out the Badass, launches a season once a year. But if you want to continue to hang out with me, head over to that podcast. And one specifically I want you to look into, you can Google it, is burnout relapse. I think it was episode 305 with Marion McRae. But I've got a whole bunch of stuff of when burnout comes back, some some corrections that you can make. But the other thing I want to talk about, in addition to admitting, like, it's somewhat cyclical with me as well, is also an emotion that I did not expect to feel in the recovery of burnout. It was guilt. It feels selfish to take the time to do things that help me to feel better, like sleep in instead of work out or get to work early or hanging out with my kids. It seems like driving to doctor's appointments instead of seeing three more patients was not doable, It feels like I'm stealing time away from others, but I know that that's not correct. I know cerebrally it's good for me to take the time for myself and my family, and therefore that makes it good for everybody around me, including the people I take care of. I know these things really help me, and I know I should feel really grateful that I have the ability, but did you hear that word in there? Should gets us every time. And this is where the flip side, sometimes feeling and knowing are on two different levels. Like I said, intellectually, I know these things are good, but it's really digging into that guilt and understanding what is it behind it. I think there's some social norms. I think there's some conditioning as a woman and as a doctor in the Western system that has made this happen. And so it's really knowing that when you take the time for yourself to keep yourself healthy, it isn't stealing time away. It's actually an investment into your time in the future so that you don't have to take a six-month sabbatical every couple years because you're totally and utterly burned out. Instead, you can take small breaks along the way. It's kind of like when you start running again, which I have. <laughs> you know, I'm such a pusher, and I just want to like get the mile done as fast as I can, but then I find that it takes me forever to recover. But if I sprint and then walk, and then sprint, and then jog, and then sprint, and then walk, and I do intervals, I actually get further in a less amount of time. So there you go. Intervals, instead of trying to just like cram it all out and slam it out at one time. So there you go. Acknowledge our own humanity. Remember that we are authoring our own recovery plan, that we don't have to stay in a victim mentality like everything is happening to us. And remember, too, that this is not meant to be done in isolation or solidarity. You are authoring your plan with a support cast. And I would love to be a part of that. And I know, too, I have a community built called the Aaron Wiseman Badass Slack Group that I'd invite you to come to because you get to pick your support cast. I call mine the imaginary board of directors. Because remember, no one's just one day going to show up at your door and be like, hey, I want to help support you. You actually have to actively go out there and find those folks. All right. Wrapping up this ramble, I have one thing that I want to share with you from Instagram that really hit my heart. And I've been thinking about it all week. So it's from the account Nicola Jane Hobbs. We can post it in the show notes. And she posts kind of a carousel of swipey boxes. I don't know the professional name. But I want to read them to you because, again, it just needs to be billboards all over where I drive, work, live. So she says, the opposite of rest isn't work. It's burnout. The opposite of busyness isn't laziness. It's actually meaningful work. The opposite of asking for help isn't independence. It's loneliness. The opposite of delaying gratification isn't reckless hedonism. It's actually deep pleasure. The opposite of peaceful pleasing isn't selfishness. It's authentic relationships and emotional intimacy. Okay. A few more here. The opposite of compulsive striving isn't ambitionlessness. It's contentment. The opposite of feeling unworthy isn't feeling worthy. It's feeling safe. And the opposite of relaxation isn't productivity. It's actually exhaustion. So go back there and listen to those, see which one hits you most in the kicker. I think the the opposite of feeling unworthy is actually feeling safe got me and then definitely that first one the opposite of rest isn't work it's burnout and so that's what we got to remember taking care of ourselves i appreciate you all so much i would love to hang out with you more in the aaron wiseman slack channel so drop me some dms always hit me up in the email and what i really want to remind you is the badass in me honors the badass in you see you friend Friend, thanks for hanging with me here on Burnt Out to Badass. Are you ready to get more than what the podcast has? Well, I want to tell you, I have an online course, same name, Burnt Out to Badass, with Dr. Aaron Wiseman, that you can do all on your own. I love it because you learn all the important shit that they didn't teach us in graduate school how to rest and recover properly, harnessing your perfectionism and using it as a superpower. Eliminating jealousy, insecurity, and the grass is always greener mentality. You get help with conquering imposter syndrome, establishing clear boundaries and sticking to them, and overcoming your overwhelm. It's 12 jam-packed modules of this online course that you can move through at your own pace and can refer back to as much as you want to. The other great thing is, is you'll join the Badass Slack group, and I will be in my DMs for any question, comments, or chitty chat. Can't wait to see you in there. The Badass in Me honors the Badass in You.